Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I am so happy that you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about the moldy shame monster that was inspired by a recent trip to the dentist. Now, I say this and I want you to know that no, my dentist does not have a mold problem, okay? I'm not saying anything about the cleanliness of my dentist's office, okay? But dentist shame, or I should say flossing shame, really inspired a powerful conversation that I've been having over on my Instagram, and I just felt so called to record an episode about this today. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. So here's some backstory. Yesterday I went to the dentist. Now as per usual, I packed with me a toothbrush, toothpaste, floss pick, and Listerine with me because I, I know I'm not the only one here that decides to, you know, give my mouth a good cleaning before I go into the dentist, even though I'm paying them to give me a thorough cleaning. Because I've convinced myself that flossing just one time before my dentist will somehow mask the fact that I did not in fact floss any other times between my last visit. And I always feel so much shame boil up right before walking in the dentist office because I know full well that I will have to confess to my sweet dental hygienist Lisa that I still have not made flossing a priority in my life, like I promise her every single time I visit. But here's the thing about Lisa. She never makes me feel bad about it. And I always, always, always feel better once I get the confession off my chest. And I think there's a lesson in here, not just a lesson in flossing, because clearly that is a lesson I've not fully learned yet, but a lesson in shame. Speaking it out loud is what takes away its power, yet most of us keep it hidden away allowing it to consume us from the inside out. I felt so much shame about the fact that I am terrible about flossing. But when I walked in the office and Lisa said, Kaya, how's it going? What's going on? What's new? And I said, well, everything's good. By the way, I have not been good at flossing. After I let that off my chest, I immediately felt better. And I think that this is applicable to so many different areas in our life where we feel shame. Okay. This is not just a um, a podcast episode about floss shame. It's just inspired by floss shame. But let's back up. Before we keep going, what is shame? Brene Brown, the God, I I love Brene Brown. She is just, I mean, I could just go on and on about Brene Brown. I'm just going to manifest that one day I'm going to meet her or speak on a stage with her because she's the best. She's seriously the best. And Brene Brown is a researcher and she specializes in shame. And she describes shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. When I think about shame, I like to think about shame being like this big, scary mold monster growing in the back of a dark closet. Okay. Now, as it begins, you know, it's just, it's unsightly, the mold, the issue over there. Okay. But what we do with our shame 
is we don't want other people to see our shame. We don't want other people to see our mold problem, right? So we continue to hide it away. We keep the doors shut tight. But you know what mold loves? Mold loves a dark, moist place where it festers and grows until it becomes all consuming. And what I know about mold, which is not much because what you'll hear in a minute is that, you know, cleaning is really not my strong suit. But what I do understand about mold is that the only way to get rid of it is to let it out into the air and into the light. Mold can't grow and flourish if it's in the air, if it's lit up, right? You don't just see mold on the outside of these bright places. No, it thrives in the dark. Even just one other person raising their hand and saying, me too, to something that you feel ashamed out can easily make that shame dissipate. Mold and shame are a lot alike in that way. They cannot thrive in the air and in the light. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. It is so special to have you here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you like hearing from me? Not just in this way on the podcast, but what would you think about getting a little bit of sunshine into your inbox every Wednesday morning? That's exactly what I send to everybody that has signed up for my email list. Every Wednesday, I let you know what the new podcast is that's dropping. I also give you free resources, books I'm reading, quotes I'm loving, recommendations, and just whatever thoughts are stewing in my brain. And I'd love to have you hang out with me over there. You can click the link below to sign up for my email list, and I would love to see you in your inbox. Thomas Sheff, a professor at UC Santa Barbara, writes about shame and says that shame is the most obstructed and hidden emotion, and therefore the most destructive. Emotions are like breathing. They cause trouble only when obstructed. I loved that. Emotions are like breathing. They only cause trouble when they're obstructed. Now, I have a feeling, dear listener, that there are plenty of emotions in your life that you have wanted to obstruct. You have not wanted to allow yourself to feel or process or let be seen and processed through right? We're like, no, no, no. We're going to keep that emotion deep down, hidden away, tucked away in the back of the dark closet. No one's got to see it, not even me. But emotions are like breathing and they cause trouble when they are obstructed. Now in her book, Daring Greatly, which was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Brene Brown books, she says, the less that we talk about shame, the more power it has over our lives. If we cultivate enough awareness about shame to name it and speak to it, we basically cut it off at its knees. Now, this is hard. And this is why shame is such a, a hard emotion to deal with and to, to really get rid of. It's because we don't want to talk about the things that we feel shame about. Our instinct is to keep it hidden, to hide it away. We don't want to open up and air out our dirty closet. Are you kidding me? What will people think about us? Because remember, at the core of what shame is, it has this belief, this deep-rooted feeling that we are flawed and unworthy of love and belonging. Of course, we don't want people to know about our shame. We already feel like it makes us unworthy. Lord knows we don't want to speak it out loud into existence. However, talking out loud, talking about it is the only way that we can truly take our power back. And I think a beautiful way to do this is through storytelling. Storytelling is a powerful tool that helps us create connection and empathy with one another. It gives us an opportunity to, first of all, realize that we're not the only ones 
that the fact that we feel this way is something that other people feel too can give us so much relief. And in the spirit of airing things out, I want to use this as an opportunity for me to air out some of the things that I feel shame around. Because number one, you might realize that you connect with these, and this might be an opportunity for me to raise my hand and say me too. And number two, this is a way for me to gain some of my own power back. So I have seven things that I'm going to share that I feel shame of. And you already heard number one, which is that I rarely floss my teeth, usually only right before going to the dentist. So there's number one. Okay. Number two, I am a terrible house cleaner. And I usually only feel motivated to clean my house when I know someone is coming over. And my husband will absolutely call me out on this. If he sees me scrubbing a toilet, he asks me, oh, who's coming over today? And he's usually right. It's usually someone that is not a close family member. And I don't want them to know how dirty my house is normally. I guess I would say that my um, cleanliness threshold is higher than my husband's, lower than my husband's. I don't know. He will usually pick up a broom or a vacuum quicker than I will because I will just tolerate a messy house longer than he will. And I feel shame about that because I think that me being a bad housekeeper makes me a bad wife, a bad partner, a bad person. Gosh, and that's a yucky feeling. This feeling that because I can't tell you the last time I cleaned a baseboard, I feel that that makes me unlovable. Now, logically speaking, I know that's not true, but I feel a lot of shame around how terrible of a house cleaner I am. I really do. Number three, I have an abnormal amount of dark chin hairs. (laughs) That might sound silly, but it's something that I don't, you know, advertise much. I have so many dark chin hairs, in fact, that I have to shave my face most days. And that feels like something I should feel ashamed of as a woman. It's not something that is normalized for women. In fact, the other day, I found a dark black hair growing out of the front of my nose, like an old freaking man. You know, I am blessed in a lot of abundant ways in my life, but if the creator could have just gone a little bit less abundant on the dark hairs on my face, I would be so appreciative because I feel a lot of shame around my dark chin hairs. And probably the only people that know about that is my husband my mom and my very best friend, because I don't talk about it very much. And I also have a feeling I'm not the only one. And, you know, in the spirit of humor, it feels good to know that I have a backup plan of becoming a bearded woman, you know, on a circus run. I think I could really thrive in that situation. So good to know I have a plan B for the future. Number four, I am really bad about writing thank you notes. Even though I promise you, I am a very grateful person and I feel like I should. It is just not something historically that I have been great about, whether it was writing thank you notes after my birthday, graduation, or my wedding. I feel a lot of shame about what I did for my wedding thank you cards. I got postcards, I guess they're regular cards, that say married and bright. And I sent them out for Christmas last year, which is like, you know, half a year after my wedding. And it just had a generic thank you message on there. And I did not write handwritten thank you notes. And I'm sure there are some judgy people that came to my wedding that were very offended by that. And I am sorry, but I'm just really not great about writing thank you cards. And I feel a lot of shame about that because I like the idea of thank you cards. I like receiving thank you cards. I do feel very grateful. I'm just not great at putting it in a card and mailing it to someone. Number five, I sometimes avoid 
looking at my personal and business finances because money and numbers intimidate the crap out of me. And I feel ashamed about that because I think it says something about me as a business owner. Like I'm a bad business owner. I'm bad at saving for the future. I'm bad at being mindful of where I'm at even towards my financial goals. I have financial goals, but I can't tell you how close I am or not because I don't look at the numbers as often as I feel like I should. And I feel ashamed about that. Number six, I am the worst at getting back to text messages and emails, sometimes forgetting to respond for so long that it feels awkward to even do so. You know, anybody else? I will receive a message. I will take a peek at it and I will leave it on unread because I just don't have the energy or the capacity to respond in the moment and I'll save it for later and then I'll forget when later rolls around that I did that. And then it's, you know, been a week, two weeks, a month. And I ask myself, do I even respond at this point? And I feel shame about that as a business owner, that I'm not always the most responsive as I'd like to be. And I feel shame about that as a friend and family member. And I, I'm I'm afraid that some of my friends probably think that I hate them because I'm so bad at responding. And I promise you, if you're listening to this and there is a message you sent me that I've not responded to, I love you. I truly do. It has nothing to do with how I feel about you. And I understand that some people will feel very disrespected when I don't respond to them. I'm just really bad at it. And I feel ashamed of that. But I promise you, I love you so much. Just text me again. And the last one, and perhaps the biggest one that I have been holding on to this past year, a big moldy shame monster that I know, I know has been affecting the way that I have showed up in my life for myself, for my relationships, and especially in my business, is this. I feel as though I built my community largely in part to my weight loss success. My weight loss transformation was shared in People Magazine, Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, Women's Health, The Kelly Clarkson Show. And I'm ashamed to say that I have gained some of that weight back. And I feel a lot of shame about that. And I didn't really realize until this last week when I was talking to myself out loud, maybe I'm a crazy person or maybe this is just how I process. I really like to process things in journaling or just going for walks by myself. But the other day I was just talking out loud and I had this epiphany that this shame that I had been hiding away in this dark closet has really gotten in the way of me allowing myself to freely and creatively show up in my life and in my business. It has gotten in the way of me feeling confident as I share my coaching offers with the world. I realized that I have been feeling like a total imposter, like a total fraud, like a total failure because I've gained weight back. And then to make things worse, I feel shame for gaining weight. And then I feel shame on top of that shame for feeling shame for gaining weight because I have worked so hard to take myself out of the grips of diet culture. I've worked so hard to learn to love and accept myself regardless of what I weigh and regardless of what the scale says, yet here I am after all of that work, still dealing with the shame of having gained weight back, questioning what people will think of me, questioning if what I have to share is even valid anymore because I'm not perfect, questioning if I'm lovable and worthy as a business owner. I mean, this one has really deeply shaken me to my core and really stolen my power away from me. I realized that this last year, I put together a really powerful 
course called Climb. And it's all about teaching women how to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out. And I believe wholeheartedly in the tools within this course. It's the same tools that I used to help myself really build my confidence, really build my self-love from the inside out and really learn how to care for myself better. And it's helped hundreds, hundreds of women from all around the world. And I have not made that offer available this, this last year at all. And I think it's because of the deep shame that I've been holding on to about myself and my own body. Even though I know that this course could help me find myself again and it could help so many other people, yet this shame has stolen that away from me. The shame compounded with shame. And I already find so much relief saying it out loud on here with you guys and first saying it out loud to myself. I think that I had this belief that the fact that I struggle and still continue to struggle with a lot of the same things disqualified me from being able to show up as a coach. But what I know to be true is the fact that I struggled and I still struggle in this area is the very thing that qualifies me to show up in this space because I've been there. I am there. And I know how to get out of it for me. And I know how to help you get out of it too. But shame told me a lie. And that's what shame does. It tells us a lot of lies to keep us small, to keep us powerless. And even being able to speak this out loud to you right now, I already feel so much more power back inside me. Now, this is just seven things. And trust me, this list could go on and on and on. This last week, I asked my community on Instagram to share some things that they felt shame about. And these are some of the things that came up. Some people said they felt shame about poor eating habits, eating in front of other people, even though they've worked on it a lot, eating desserts and enjoying them, even though they're trying to lose weight or not even eating at all on a regular basis. People felt shame for not being ready for Christmas or having decorations or shopping done, struggling financially, not working out like they should, not wearing their retainer every night, having stress, shaving their underarms regularly, having bipolar disorder, uncontrollable gas, being afraid that their depression will come back when their job goes remote, not taking their prenatal vitamins when they're six months pregnant, not keeping their boundaries with their family, not brushing their kids' teeth or hair before school, and how much money they spend on intentions of improving their mind and body that have always gone wasted. And this is just a sampling. And what I know, even just from giving people a space to write in an empty message box on Instagram, I know that them releasing that out in the world has already helped some of them take some of that power back to feel the sense of relief by giving that shame some air and some light. Shame really affects that we, the way that we show up in our lives and in lots of different ways. But here's the thing. None of these things that we feel shame about means anything about us as a person. Yet the impact that it makes on us and our psyche is amplified by the fact that we hide them away, assuming that we're the only one or believing that it makes us less worthy and less lovable, which could not be further from the truth. Now, I think that there is an important distinction that needs to be made about the difference between shame and guilt, because I think we use these words interchangeably. And I think it's important for us to really differentiate what we're feeling, whether it is shame or whether it's just guilt. And researchers define it this way. They say, shame means I am bad. Guilt means I did something bad. Shame says something more about your self-worth as a human. And guilt means more about some mistake you did wrong. 
doesn't tell you that you are a bad person. It just tells you that you made a bad choice. And that is something that can be reconciled. And that's the distinction. I think it's also possible that when we feel shame or we think that we're feeling shame, what we might be feeling is actually something that's more humiliation or embarrassment. You know, neither of those feelings, being humiliated or embarrassed, is a comfortable feeling, but they don't take aim at our self worth in the way that shame does. So, reminding you what shame means, it's the intense, painful feeling and believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And that's different than embarrassment. It's different than humiliation. It's different than guilt. But shame is powerful because we want to keep it hidden. We don't want people to know our shame. We want it to keep a secret. But the longer that we hide it away, the more ferocious and untamable that big, scary, moldy shame monster becomes. And it's time to let it out into the air, into the light. If you're interested in exploring shame more, (laughs) it sounds weird even saying that because who's like, I'd really like to explore my shame more. You're like, actually, no, Kaya, I'd love to keep it in the back of that closet. Thank you very much. No, 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 friend. We're not going to do that. We're going to air out these closets, okay? But I highly recommend checking out Brene Brown's Netflix special called Call to Courage. It is so good. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched this. And it's really a beautiful way to help you understand shame and also help you understand the impact of talking about your shame can make. The lies that shame tells you mean nothing about your worthiness of love and belonging. I'm going to say that one more time. The lies shame tells you mean nothing about your worthiness of love and belonging. What lies has your shame been telling you? Because if you're ready to take your power back, then I want to encourage you, friend, to open the door of that closet, to let in some air and let in some light. Even if it starts with you writing it down on a piece of paper, saying it out loud as you're driving by yourself in the car finding a close friend or family member that you love and trust to just sit and listen to you, or maybe even finding a therapist to talk through some of these things with. The more that we keep our shame tucked away and hidden, the more powerless we become. But you, my friend, are so full of power. You are so worthy of love. You are so worthy of belonging. And I'd love for you to find ways to take that power back, to realize your worthiness that is innately existing within you simply for existing, regardless of your past, regardless of the choices that you made, regardless of your ability to floss regularly, the hairs on your chin, or how much weight you've gained or lost. None of those things mean anything about you and your worthiness as a person. You are worthy. You are enough just as you are, and you are flawed just like the rest of us. (laughs) But you are worthy regardless of any mistakes that you've ever made or will continue to make because Lord knows we've got plenty of mistakes to go. If you're looking to just get some of this off your chest, feel free to message me on Instagram. Send me an email. If you need someone just to listen and hear it and let out into the air and the light, I'm a safe space. I promise no judgment here. And I just want you to know how much I love you and I appreciate you. And I hope, sweet listener, that today something in this episode resonated with you to help support you in your journey of finding joy in this messy, beautiful journey of life. Trust me, dear friend, you are not, not alone. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. 
I'll see you right back here, same time, same place, next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.